Hello and welcome to Sared's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Sared. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to Talking Fic Episode 2. I hope you enjoyed or listened to my first uh, Talking Fic episode. If you're new to these and are not sure what they are, these episodes are just me talking to you about fanfic. And some episodes will be dedicated more to writers, some will be dedicated more to readers, but all of it is about producing and consuming fic well. (laughs) So, uh, for instance, today's episode is going to be all about uh, writer's block, but more specifically, uh, writing yourself into a corner. And there are a bunch of different ways to get out of this. And so there were a few things, uh, a few tidbits that I wanted to offer my fellow fan fiction writers on how to get around this. Um, These episodes are not edited. They are not scripted. I'm lucky if I remember to write some bullet points for each episode. In fact, as I'm talking to you now, this is take two of the original episode, which ended up being like an hour and 48, so almost an hour and 50 minutes um, of me chatting. But then I went back to listen to it. I don't edit them, but I at least wanted to listen to it first before I send it out. And I noticed that A, it was really rambling, but B, I was really kind of groggy when I was recording and it was like a really dreary kind of crappy Sunday afternoon and I was exhausted. So uh, what I was saying wasn't making a whole lot of sense and it was very convoluted. So I'm like, I need to go back and redo that and fix that. So these episodes are very informal, but these are also the episodes that I really want to reach out and connect to you, my listeners. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, absolutely let me know. You can contact me through my website at sardsaudiofanfix.com or you can find me on Instagram under sardnoble. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty near all over the place and uh, I'll leave links. There should be links somewhere wherever you're listening to this that you can click on to comment. Other than that, uh, let's get started. So I'm going to be, again, this is all about writer's block and writing yourself into a corner. Now, if you are just a reader and not a writer, I encourage you to listen to this as well, because it may help you in the future as well. A lot of these things, a lot of these instances that I'm going to be talking about today, uh, you'll recognize them as things that you've probably seen or read in a fanfic. And if you have, it's probably a fanfic that is either discontinued or has been abandoned or just not updated in a very long time. And that's what I'm talking about today. So this is not so much that this writer's block is is beatable. This writer's block is something that you, you can get out of and that you can get around regular writer's block really isn't always and it's a lot harder. So we're going to talk about today uh, topics will include redeeming all of your characters, overpowering your characters, 
becoming overwhelmed with the size of your fic or you have no having no more story to write. Lastly, or sorry, next is losing the character's voice. And lastly is losing your muse. So those uh, five subjects are that what we're going to cover today. And it's a lot to get through. Not only will I be talking to you about these, I'm also going to give you a few tips and tricks, some little tr writing tropes that will help you uh, circumvent these issues. Hopefully. So let's get right into it. Um, let me just take a deep breath because, huh, like I said, these are very informal. It's literally just me talking to you. Um, and those bullet points that I uh, just read are the only bullet points that I have written. So I'm going to turn off my tablet and we're just going to chat. So first off today is redeeming all of your characters. Now, I'm, I'm doing this episode because of this particular problem. I cannot tell you how many times I've read a fic and in chapters, you know, three or four, they've redeemed all of the main, all of the characters, just all of it. And with fan fiction, that's almost expected because fan fiction came about or is all about fixing canon. And so people, you know, I didn't like what happened in canon. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm turning to fan fiction to fix it all. And that's exactly what fan fiction is there for. And that's okay. However, when I come across a fic and they've already redeemed all of the main characters, not even the main characters, all of the bad characters, they've redeemed everyone, everyone's a good guy now, I can instantly go and say, oh, this isn't going to get finished. Oh, this isn't going to be... <laughs> you can't say... I, I could almost say it's not going to be good and they're not going to complete it. So here's why. Fan fiction is at its core as much it is as it is fandom it is writing it is a form of literature and i don't care what uh anyone out there tries to uh convince me of fan fiction any kind of this kind of writing especially with the creativity that goes into a lot of it it is absolutely 100 percent a different type of literature so when you're writing a story one of the biggest main things, I would say plot two rather than right after having your main character, is you have to have a good villain. You have to have some piece of evil or discontent that your main characters have to fight against. Hell, your main character could be discontent. But even so, each and every story has to have something. So, a great example for this is one of my current favorite fandoms, Modao Zushi. And if you don't know what Modao Zushi is, it is a... God, please don't yell at me if I get these wrong. It is a... It was originally written as a BL, boy love, gay romance novel. But it, it is an epic length um, adventure, intrigue of... <laughs> fucking uh torture horror romance drama comedy it's it's a whole melting pot of everything and it was it's one of three and it is absolutely super superbly written 
and the author is so incredibly talented. Um, again, that's Modao Zushi, and it is uh, the Grand Master of Demonic Cultivation. And if you haven't, uh, it's you can see the live live action adaption on Netflix, which is The Untamed, and there's uh, um, the manga under the same name and the anime also under the same name. Um, if you're currently, you could currently be watching the sec, is it the second or the third in the same same author's trilogy of books? It's completely different. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but uh, heaven, heavenly, heaven officials blessing. I always want to say heavenly officials blessing, but heaven officials blessing is uh, a part of that kind of. It's it's a separate universe, but it's written by the same author. Um, in my opinion, just and this is purely my opinion, uh, Modazushi does it best um but that's neither here nor there anyways getting back to our topic you can see why the last episode was a hundred or um an hour and 50 minutes because i ramble so getting back to topic i'm going to use the example of the modao zushi universe but i'm going to do my absolute very best not to use spoilers okay so um if you're a fan of this fandom you'll probably know exactly who I'm talking about. If you have no idea who I'm talking about, I'm really just going to use a lot of pe- person A, B, and C, so you don't have to worry about that. But within the Modao Zushi fandom, or um, universe, there, this author does bad guys, does antagonists extremely well. And... With the Modao Zushi universe, you don't always know who the true antagonists are. And um, and I think that's one reason why the author is so successful in every single um, bend and twist and um, jump scare that they produce. And it's so incredibly convincing. So what I mean is when you come into a, go into the Modao Zushi fandom... You say, you know what, all of these bad guy characters were incredibly charismatic. They were, you know, so thrilling and you never saw their twist coming. And I was invested until I realized that they were a bad guy. So here comes fan fiction and fan fiction is all about fixing canon. So when they're writing their story, they're writing all of the original canon villains and they're redeeming them. They're turning them into good guys. They're turning them into, you know, the misunderstood protagonist. Um, And I understand that. But a good story is... A good story has conflict. A good story has diversity and an evil that they have to fight against. Or um, a situation that they have to overcome. So you need angst in your story. And it doesn't have to be... The easiest type of angst to overcome. And that is not a long-lasting pain. That doesn't turn the good times bittersweet. Is when you can do it, use a person for that. So what I mean is, if your... If your story, if your antagonist is going to be, you know, my main character has cancer 
or my one of my secondary main characters, uh, they're going to die or they're going to lose a limb. Well, as the writer progresses, they're going to have that there's a little taste of bittersweetness as they continue on in the story. And if that's what you're going for, and sometimes it can be so poignant and beautifully written and essential to the story that, yes, absolutely take those ideas and run with them and weave them into your story. That is perfect. Excuse me. If, however, you're going to use a person instead, that person has to be equal to or greater than your main character. So what am, how am I saying this? Um, okay, I'm going to use the Harry Potter universe as an example. Uh, you have Harry. He's produ- uh, introduced to us as this young, naive, um, bit of a smart-ass kind of... Now, I'm talking books, not um, movies, because they didn't portray it properly in the movies. But bit of a smart-ass, um, but kind character okay the main person he's up against is draco and the reason they work so incredibly well together is that they are almost exact mirror images of each other so that's where you have that conflict and those um uh you know those opposing yin yang forces that's why they work that's why exactly with if you could if you took the Harry Potter universe and split it straight down the middle you would have exactly the same amount as uh, bad and gray and good and gray characters on either side each and every one of them an opposing force and so and it's literally every single character has almost a doppelganger within that universe that's what I mean by when you're taking something from canon and you're trying to fix everything, you have to keep the balance. So if you're having an issue, say you've gotten up to chapter 16 in your fic, and you can't figure out what went wrong. You can't figure out where to go next. You can't figure out, you know, or maybe you have an idea of where you want to go or your next, um, uh, how do you say, your next plot point. You know what you want, but you don't know how to get there. I very firmly recommend, and trust, you'll hear this a lot today because this is my advice for all of them. Go back to see, to chapter one and reread up to, you know, if you're on chapter 16, up to chapter 15. Reread everything that you've written so far and do yourself a favor. Don't read it as the person who wrote it. Read it as a reader. So ignore the spelling or the grammar or what have you. This isn't about you going back to edit something. This is you going back to find any uh, loose ends, any plot points that you may have dropped or missed, or um, any uh, missed opportunities within the plot. So that's how you're going to... And that's just to help you figure out if this is the type of writer's block that you have, that you you've you've... You've robbed yourself of having a good villain, of having a good um, uh, antagonist. Now, if you've done that and you think maybe this is what you've done, there is a really cool way, and I say cool because the writers have no fucking idea that you did not plan this from the start and it looks really good well done. (laughs) It looks really good when done. So... A really cool way around this is, okay, so you've taken 
you know, all of your bad guys or all of the canon bad guys, you've turned them good. They're now good guys. Everyone's fighting for the same thing. Let's say they're all fighting a war, right? In both of my favorite stories, they're fighting a war. So in both Harry Potter and Modozushi, they're fighting a war at some point. So all of your bad guys who initially you were fighting against in this war, they've all now come to your side or you've written them so that they're all good guys now or they were spies on the other side and but they're on your side. So uh, there's no real conflict other than this war, which is terrible, but you've almost overpowered your your cast as the good guys. And really, the war is essentially over because you've turned everyone good. So here's what you do. Or here's an option, okay? Say one of your good guys, who was originally a bad guy, <laughs> and don't worry, I'll use an example so I, I deconvolute this at, uh, after. One of your good guys, who was once a bad guy, he was kind of working behind the scenes. Not a spy, but he was definitely a bad guy working against your side, or the good side. Well, anyone working against your side would have to have a minion, right? So when you're going back to reread from chapters 1 through 15 or whatever you've written so far, see if you've written in any little pieces where something was moved in a room or the, a shadow passed by a window or a door was opened a crack and you, the main character didn't remember it. So any of these little instances that you would have maybe it's a throwaway comment that you don't even remember putting into your story, but it's a little um, snippet that you've added to add ambiance or realism to a scene. Mark, or in your mind or in your notes, mark each and every one of those. Because now what you're going to do is you're going to go into chapter 16 and you're going to start feeding your, feeding in flashbacks. Okay? So those flashbacks are going to turn into you know, your, your good, your good guy who was a bad guy, one of his minions is behind the scenes. And they're, they're the person who moved this thing or opened this door or walked past that window and overheard that conversation. Okay, so now what happens is that you now have a new character, and it can be someone that you create, it can be someone within the fandom that you've implemented or you know, was kind of a throwaway character in canon, and you've brought them back as kind of a, a linchpin. So now you have this character that you've inserted into the story, and with flashbacks, you can feed it to your audience in that, oh, they were here the whole time. You just didn't know it. Which is an amazing trope to... to uh, it's, it's an amazing trope to kind of tie everything together with this, this single thread. Because I kid you not, as soon as you do that, more, I would say 80% of your audience or your readers will go back to chapter one and read through and see if they can find each and every instance of that character being there. Now, again, so now we have this background character. How do we make it so that they're more than just this shadow that was passing by a door? Well, now you're going to make it as, you can do it as simple as, you know, maybe this bad guy who turned good didn't actually turn good all the way, and he was just being a, just a double agent, which, be careful with that one, because if you're doing that with a character like Snape, 
no one's going to believe he's a good guy anyway. So make sure that you're only doing that with a character that the audience has, the audience truly believes that they have turned good. That's the only time that version will work. You can also do it, however, as this bad guy who turned good, this minion uh, has decided, you know, this bad guy who turned good has lost their morals and lost their way and lost the true vision of what they were trying to pull off. So the minion is going to take over the bad guy's place and he's going to be, and this minion is going to be the bad, your next big baddie. And that usually works a little bit better. It's a little bit cleaner. So in saying all of that, let me use a good example. Um, or let me use an example. I don't know if it's a good one or not. Um, let's take Snape. Because as I mentioned, uh, Snape is pretty much the carrier type of, or the stereotype of, um, of spies, of the double cross. So you have Snape, and I'm going to use this as Snape after or during Harry's war, not the first war, because that's just too convoluted. So Snape, as we, the Harry Potter generation, know him. Uh, He's a bad guy to us. We're all fairly certain he is absolute evil. Well, then he decides, you know what? Um, You know, I'm going to be on Harry's side. I'm not going to be for Dumbledore. I'm not going to be for Voldemort. I'm just going to be on Harry's team. And he makes that switch over to the good guy. Now, you have to make sure if you're going to use this this idea that I'm that I'm giving you, you have to make sure that Snape is a good guy. You have to make sure that this character has been thoroughly redeemed, has proven that he's been redeemed, has proven that he's seen the error of his ways, and has proven that he has changed. So you really need to convince your audience. Um, so now that we have an absolute, Snape is an absolute white hat. There's no question about it. So now you're going to take it as if you, how to say this. So now if you use the first idea of, well, he's really bad in the first place. Remember, you've spent all this time, at least probably two, maybe even three chapters, thoroughly convincing your audience that he's a good guy. You need to have a damn good reason why he was a bad guy all along. And in using that trope, it usually it can come off as lazy writing and or lazy as not lazy as in, uh, oh, I just did it because it was easier. This is lazy as in, you know, uh, this is the only character that I had. So this is the only character that I could have used to make this happen uh, as quickly as possible. And it reads as very lazy. So it would, honestly, a better twist would be, um, let's see here, (laughs) would be, um, no, that's a worse one. Anyways, I'm going to leave that one alone. You get what I mean. I hope you get what I mean. Second one would be Snape had a minion. Someone working in the background, not Peter Pettigrew, but someone working in the background for him, probably a student. That would be a really good twist. Uh, One of his older students. And so, you know, make the student a Hufflepuff and nobody sees it coming. Um, (laughs) But to have that, 
you know, Snape has this minion or this, you know, second hand uh, that was helping him do all these, the spying and the information gathering and all this. And then that minion turns without Snape realizing that they've turned. That's a good twist. And it's the perfect way to create another baddie without, um, without sacrificing the good guys that you've already created. Okay, I hope that helped. If you have any more questions or if that is like clear as mud and you need me to um, uh, say that or flesh that out a little bit better, you know, absolutely email me. uh, Let me know. Text or, um, you know, message me on Insta, whatever, all the places. Um, Yeah. And let me know what you think of that. If you know, the examples that I gave are shit, let me know. And I will do a, try to do a better job of, um, explaining. Um, so that is writing yourself into a corner by, um, by getting rid of all of your villains or, um, or by getting rid of all of your antagonists. So that is my advice to you. Um, if if you have done this to yourself, if you have written out your villainy and you don't have either a situation or someone you can write into the background to fix you or to dig you out of this problem, let me know because I'd more than happy to uh, help brainstorm some other ways that we can get you out of this mess. Okay, excellent. One second. Let me get a drink and catch my breath and we'll go on to writing yourself into a corner part. I hope you're enjoying my, um, the update to the podcast. I, um, I mentioned it on the first episode of Talking Fix, but if you are talking fix, whatever, whatever, I can't remember if I pluralized, plural it or not. I don't know. Um, but I'm not using the Patreon. I've actually paused the Patreon, so it's not up there anymore. And I will be posting the chapters of November Secret and PAX um, within the coming months. I'm thinking of doing, you know, two updates a month. I'm not sure. And these episodes here, I don't know how many of these I'll do. Um, Again, like I said, the voice acting thing is going really well. And uh, I've been pleasantly busy for the last few months. So, um, finding the time to get these chapters out is quite a lot. And with Pax, I don't know if I mentioned it, or I did, I mentioned it earlier, but I pronounced Ida's name wrong throughout the entirety of the fic, and I pronounced it Ida instead of Ida. And it's taking... <sighs> There's something like 500 inst- 558 instances of... Ida's name showing up in the text and so I have to replace it 558 times Uh, anyways okay I chatted with you instead of getting a breath (sighs) okay reason number two for writing yourself into a corner and this is a big one Uh, This is one that I don't see in seasoned authors. Um, This is also one that I don't see outside of very many fandoms. 
Um, but it's a huge, uh, <laughs> it's a huge issue in the Harry Potter fandom. It's a, it's a big-ish issue in the Modao Zushi. In any fandom that has any kind of superpowers or magical powers or anything like that, this is a big problem, especially for, uh, Usually, more than likely, new fic writers, new story writers, or younger story writers, uh, story writers, story writers, um, and that is overpowering your characters. Now, fan fiction. We said it earlier that fan fiction is all about fixing canon. Fan fiction is also all about wish fulfillment. So, again, if you don't like something that's happened in canon, you go to fanfiction to fix it or to recreate whatever's happened and, you know, fix it. So this is, or change it. I shouldn't say this is, this one is less about fixing and more about changing or enhancing canon. So what do I mean by overpowering your characters? Well, I'm going to take a very uh overused trope from the Harry Potter universe. And I'm using Harry Potter a lot because Harry Potter universe is really universal. And a lot of people know the Harry Potter universe as I'm talking about it. Um, for instance, if I say invisibility cloak, your first thought is Harry Potter, let's be honest. Okay, so what do I mean by overpowering your character? I mean eleven year or yeah, eleven year old Harry turning up in Diagon Alley for the first time and Hagrid kind of leaves him alone and Harry's left to wander the alley alone. Well, or sorry, no. Yeah, I'm going to stick with this. The original story that I read was actually in year two, but I'm just going to keep going with this one. So Hagrid's left him alone in Diagon Alley. Harry wanders into a shop that sells, hey, guess what? Magical contacts. So Harry's going to get the contacts that have, uh, you know, can see heat signatures and can see through uh, invisibility spells and uh, can change his eye color to whatever the hell he wants. And then, oh, he's also going to pick up some robes at the shop next door. Not Madame Malkin's. This one's going to be a specialty store. So this one, it's going to be where you know, he never gets too hot or too cold in these robes. And they also act as like spell proof armor. And oh, don't forget the dragon hide boots, which I'm sorry, I've been part of the Harry Potter fandom for a very long time. Those things are like, like $20,000. And this, like, shut up. <laughs> so, and he's going to get these dragon hide boots that are made from Hungarian horntail, even though... <laughs> This is not even coming to this story yet. And it's always Hungarian Hortel. Oh my god. Oh no, sorry. Once I it was um from a uh what is it? Chinese firebolt? I wanna say Chinese firebolt. Anyways. And that was but that was just once. Every other time, anytime is dragon uh, oh yeah, and the dragon hide gloves as well. Um that even a dragon can't bite through. I'm going, what the fuck? How did they cut the leather of the dragon? <laughs> can't bite through it. Anyways. And then it was, uh, oh yeah, and then he had to go and, uh, he, oh yeah, what was it? He just happened to get called over to, um, a store that was, uh, beside the one, beside the robe shop it, that was not Madame Malkin's that, you know, it sold, uh, like 
who is it makeup and stuff for girls and one of the items that was on the table outside was you know poison detecting lip gloss and so harry got some of that as well i'm like you can fuck off so now we've got an 11 year old harry and hagrid's left him so or after he gets his vault key so he has this load of money and he can now and he's never done any magic before but he can uh, see through invisibility cloaks he can see heat signatures he can he's you know can't get hold can't get cold can't get hot uh can sense poison before he drinks it can like changes like so now you've got an overpowered char- character and this happens in modazushi too i'm not i'm not strictly i'm i am almost strictly ragging on the harry potter universe because they all do this so but the problem is is that okay now you've got this super powered harry that's true and it's awesome. We're all going to go, hey, shit, that's, I'd love all of that stuff. That'd be so cool. I would be able to defeat anything if I had that stuff. Yeah, there's your problem. So as I mentioned before, the reason, almost the reason that I started with the other topic first, you need to keep the yin-yang balance within your stories. So if you have an overpowered 11-year-old that's the main protagonist in your story, guess what? You also now have to load up Voldemort and have Voldemort attack sooner. Or you have to load up Draco and have him be, you know, incredibly intelligent, more intelligent than Hermione going after Harry. Okay, so you have to, you always have to have opposing forces. Okay, you always have to be able to have that butting of heads. So if you have an overpowered Harry, you have to have an overpowered and sudden and sudden appearance of your main antagonist, too. And they have to be extra bad because. Okay, here's an example I used in the first episode of this, and I thought it went well. The all of our modern day superheroes. They are our idols they are our heroes because of what they have to overcome okay so for instance you take batman and he is a normal fucking guy he's got you know trauma he's got issues but and all he has to fight the baddies is a shit ton of money there's batman's superpower bravery shit ton of money go okay and and we love him we love like batman is one of the hugest biggest franchises in the entire world because he's human and he's doing something about the shit that he encounters and because he's putting his money where his mouth is and he's and he's winning you know but shit you look at every single (laughs) batman cartoon episode comic episode movie Batman's not winning the entire time he has to get the shit beat out of him he has to be the lowest of the low he has to lose at least twice most of the time before he comes back and wins the day and it's because he's human and we like that we want a fighter we want someone who's gonna lose but keep getting back up you look at Superman okay it's I would, 
almost call him his Batman's opposing force. So you look at Superman. He's an alien from another planet. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound, which is full of shit. He can actually fly. He can. He's impervious to bullets. He has weaknesses, though. He has very human weaknesses, other than he, you know, kryptonite, obviously. But you look at his human relationships and fuck his job, right? <laughs> like, what is more human than losing your shit? Oh my god, my boss is gonna kill me because I was late to work. Now he's not gonna be uh, get mad at us for being late to work for stopping a you know subway train that went off the rails. But we could have been in that subway train and we'd still get in shit. <laughs> so I'm going way off the bat, but you get what I'm saying. Your character, whoever you're writing, be it, you know, an original character or fan fiction, you have, you can make them super powered, but they cannot start out that way. You absolutely cannot start them out that way. You cannot even have them super powered by, you know, chapter five out of 10. If you want to superpower your character, you make it in chapter nine, if that, eight or nine, right? So that they have just enough time to beat the baddies. We like, we as readers, we like to see the journey. We like to see the transformation of our favorite characters. Um, We like to see the growth. And a, a lot of times writers, especially new writers, they're so invested in the character and or getting to a certain plot point even that you're missing the journey of the growth of the character they need to evolve over this story because every single story our own lives included we evolve as we go we learn we learn and we grow as people and that's what makes a character engaging so when you have a super or, or an overpowered character or a completely badass character. Now, wait, that's something different. So I'm going to continue on with what I'm saying and then I'll get to that. Um, but when you start out with an overpowered character, you're not giving yourself anywhere to go. There's no room for, for improvement. So if you're in chapters one, two and three, giving him or giving your main character all of this, you know, weapons and armor and, you know, in intelligence and and you know super smart and super strong and super athletic and all of these all perfect every perfect tens across the board where the fuck are they supposed to go with that that's like you know logging into a video game and you already have your you know i can't believe we want to do this yes i'm gonna go here that's like logging into your Pokemon game and you're already starting off with a level 100 ultimate. Well, shit, if I wanted to catch a fucking Pidgey, I'm going to decimate the thing. There's nowhere for me to go. So <laughs> that was just, I don't know why you would want to catch a Pidgey, but you know, they evolved too. Um, but that's my point. So when you're writing your story, you're starting off from ground zero, right? You're starting off from the first chapter. Your character is starting off from the first chapter. The two of you are starting out on this adventure together. You're both starting at level one. Even if you're a seasoned writer, you're both starting at level one. Okay? So you cannot... You don't want to do that. You're essentially shooting yourself in the foot to do that. To to start off at level... To Your character's at level 100. You're at level one. You two are never going to fucking get along. 
that Pokemon is never going to trust you, is never going to react to you properly if it's level 100 and you're level 1. That's just not happening. So something that I started to say earlier, and if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you listen to this point, right? I should have said this earlier. Overpowering your character is very, very different from writing a Banff character. And by Banff, I mean badass motherfucker. Okay? Now, it's one of my absolute favorite tropes. I read all of them. My, oh, I love a Banff main character. Love them. That's very, very different from having an overpowered character. Because with a Banff character, you can still have all of the humanity, all of the weaknesses, all of the turmoil that a character needs that makes them a juicy, relatable, ultimate character. You can have that in a Banff character, but you cannot have that in an overpowered character. So how would I put this? Okay, here's why I say they're completely different. This is for the foodies out there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the one that I first thought of. Packaged ramen from the dollar store or from your local convenience store. That's going to be your overpowered character. Okay? You think from the outside it looks amazing. And then you try and eat it and you're like, no, this is shit. Why did I choose this? Versus your freshly made, you know, restaurant ramen. Where the the noodles and all of the ingredients are real and they're not flash frozen. And the broth is real and... That's the difference, and but that's your Banff main character. Okay, so do you see what I mean? For a foodie, they're complete opposites, but they look the same. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense. Another example would be, you know, if I were to get a craft... You guys would... Uh, not all Americans would know what I mean. Um, so the boxed craft dinner... Okay, uh, we call it KD over here. So like a box of craft dinner, right? That macaroni and cheese versus which it, and sorry, and that's your overpowered main character versus your grandmother's homemade macaroni and cheese where she actually cooked the noodles and grated the cheese and melted it into a cheese sauce and actually baked it. And that's your Banff main character. So I'm trying to use these food analogies, but you see an overpowered main character, some will like them. But it will not go very far. It will not fill you up. And you cannot base an entire dish on this. College students, I'm looking at you. Versus Graham's homemade stuff, which is your Banff main character. You go for Graham's homemade stuff. Shit, you're not eating for two or three days. That stuff is so hearty. You know what I mean? So those are the difference. They look very similar, but they're completely different. Like, they don't deserve to be in the same things, but they're both noodles and they're both cheese. Well, some imitation of cheese. <laughs> so that's what I mean between the difference between an overpowered character and a Banff character. So getting more into the Banff characters, I would love to see more of them. Honestly, I love them so much. And I have yet. The only problem I have ever seen regarding a story that centered around a Banff character or Banff main characters have been that the stories have been really, really long and that they're still ongoing or or they're just... Honestly, I'm reading like two or three of them right now and they're just ongoing. They haven't updated in 
maybe a month, maybe two months for for a few of them, but they're still updating just very slowly. But that's mostly the climate of uh, the writers. That's not ha- doesn't have anything to do with the content of what they're writing. What I mean is, fuck COVID, and even though we're all home, we're too depressed to uh, engage in even writing. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that is what I mean by an overpowered character, or, or sorry, um, not to write an overpowered character. These are there are very very easy things, ways to get around this. If, for instance, you're writing a fic that you want to have your character as super overpowered, what I recommend, and it makes for a really engaging, fun, can't wait to get to the next chapter read is rather than making your one single main character, uh, you know, this badass who no one can do anything against and is impervious to all harm and conflict, rather than that, split it up. So split up the power, split up the intelligence, split up, you know, the strengths uh, that you're going to include and make it a pair or a team. So what I mean is, is that if you're for again using Harry Potter example, if you have Harry Potter, uh, if you're trying to do a super powered Harry Potter story, give Harry the strength and you know the insight and the uh, what am I looking for? It starts with an I. Intuition. Uh, give Harry the intuition. Give Hermione the book smarts and the intelligence and the problem solving, and then working together so that they can work off of each other, now you have a super-powered team rather than a super-powered person. And in doing that, you can now have opposing weaknesses as well as opposing strengths in in both of your characters. Again, look at... um, You can always split that into your team. You can throw Ron in there, right? Make Ron... I've seen one where it's, you know, Ron's the strategist, though I don't get it. Um... And then, you again, you have opposing strengths and opposing weaknesses. You look at the Modao Zushi fandom, and again, my favorite is Wei Wuzian and Lan Jian. So when you put the two together, you have Wei Wuzian, who's creative and scarily intelligent and always, always willing, like rules do not apply if there's some piece of good that he can do. If there's some wrong that he can write, he'll write it. And it doesn't matter to him, uh, essentially, who he has to step on or to go around to get it or to fix it, to help people. Then you have Lan Jian, who, you know, doesn't talk and is, is intelligent, but is very much a rule follower and is very strict with himself and others. And you have these, they're very much opposing forces, but they... They feed off each other. They, uh, how do you say, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you rotate? Orbit. They orbit each other. And so where one is weak, the other is strong. And where one doesn't know how to say something or how to communicate, the other does. And that makes for such an engaging read. So in short, absolutely, you can write an overpowered character fic but you cannot if you write an overpowered character fic 
where they are impervious to all harm, you're not going to be writing that story for very long. You could try doing it even as a one-shot, but even as a one-shot, a one-shot is very often a flash in the pan. And it's, you know, ooh, ah, for a few pages, and then that's it. If you do that, if you do the overpowered character even as a one-shot, you're going to get a, ah, uh-huh. It's a different reaction, but it's in the same ballpark. You know what I mean? So, as I said, if you've written yourself into a corner by writing yourself, by writing an overpowered character, to get out of it, get creative. So, all of a sudden, uh, Harry's contacts can see through, can change colors, uh, but the heat signatures uh, are in, you know infrared and he can't understand it and the invisibility cloak to see through them only works for a certain brand of invisibility cloak I don't know but that's what I mean get creative maybe he's allergic to the lip gloss I don't know but you can always cut down on what you've given them oh also this is just a little pet peeve of mine but because I'm on this and I just thought of this don't freaking do this it bugs the absolute shit out of me do not include shit in your stories that doesn't need to be there. Here's what I mean. One of my favorite uh, tropes in the Harry Potter universe is about animagus and animagi. And I love it. Do not give Harry or whoever an animagus form, say, oh yeah, they have this, and then never fucking bring it up again. Like, why? There's one where, oh yeah, they spent... Uh, they spent Oh yeah, Harry turned learned how to be an animagi over the summer. Okay, what was his form? Oh, he's a black line. Oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to see that. You never fucking see it. I don't know if the if the author forgets that it's there or can't fit it in or I, like I don't there was no point to it. And I see this happen a lot. A lot. If there's uh it was only in the Harry Potter fandom that I've noticed it. <coughs> But they just bring up things or give their characters things that have no bearing on the story overall. But they took up like a chapter or two chapters to explain to you about it. But it has absolutely no bearing. There is an author who I used to read that is was the absolute worst at this. And that they would include this all the time. And it would be, I'm not going to call them out, but it was just like... I don't need to know, uh, I, no, I'm not going to go any further because this, this author is the only one who ever did that and I don't want to call them out. But if it has no bearing on the story, don't include it because you're just adding extra words for me that I have to, you know, gloss over because it's going to have no bearing. I get that, you know what, when you were uh, 12 or 13, it would have been super cool if you could have had this, but... No, it has zero bearing. Don't include it. Um, but yeah, that's my little rant. Okay. Um, that with this getting a little long, that's already up to the hour mark, I'm actually going to cut these into two episodes. So um, rather than... Eh, it's at 55 now. By the time I close it off, it'll be a full hour. And then for the next episode, I'll continue on with over being overwhelmed with the size of your story 
and losing your character's voice and also losing your muse. And we'll I'll continue those in the next episode. So talking fic episode three. Um, so uh, I am going to end this now. I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I know that I rambled a lot and I was probably redundant with a lot of the things I said. Again, I don't um, write anything down for these. This is just me talking at you. Um, but even so, I hope this helped in some little way. Um, if you for if you yourself are a writer and you're listening to this and you have experienced uh, writer's block, um, but more, um, yeah, I would say just writer's block and you want to share your story or, um, or you want to express or tell me how, or tell us, I would say how you got over it or sorry, how you got around it or how you broke through your writer's block. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm more than happy to read any, um, reviews or emails or even submissions on this uh, on this podcast. So if you would like to write in and talk to me and let me know, absolutely feel free to contact me on uh, either of my websites, either um, saradsaudiofanfix.com. You can just scroll down the main page and at the bottom of the main page, there's a big contact section. And um, also you can... Uh, contact me through my professional site, voicesbysaird.com, um, or you can uh, message me on Instagram. Uh, again, it's uh, Saird Noble, so S-E-R-D-D-N-O-B-L-E, Saird Noble, all one word, uh, um, on Instagram. So feel free to follow me on there. I would love to hear from you. I know that um, writer's block is a huge thing even for professional writers, for fanfic writers or for novice writers, a lot of, and I've heard this a lot, and I'm going to say right now what a big lie it is. I have heard a lot, especially at the fan conventions, that, oh, well, if you're um, writing fanfic and you get stuck, all you have to do is go back and watch the show, or all you have to do is go back and read the manga. You're so full of shit, because if fan fiction is not word for word about the show, and as much as a lot of people, you know, rewrite the show, which I love. I'm not criticizing at all because I read all of those and I love it when they rewrite the book or rewrite the show. Um, but because it's their own imagination, because it's their own narrative, it's personal. It's not, you cannot open up, crack open the book or crack open the manga or go back to the episode and just by watching that, figure out where you went wrong in your current writing to give yourself writer's block. It doesn't work like that. And for the people who do, you can, on behalf of all the writers out there, you can fuck off. So I shouldn't swear as much, but it makes me feel better. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I'll mention this now. Uh, no, you know what? I won't. I'll wait until closer to the date. Um, I was going to talk about a convention that I'm going to be at, um, but with COVID, who the hell knows? They've given us new dates and I'm hoping to be there, but I'm like, I'm not going out to reserve my hotel room just yet. Um, although I probably should. Anyways, 
So, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Email me at all the places, and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, hell, recommendations, you know, um, if you have any, again, if you have any advice uh, that you'd like to share, please email me, let me know, and I will be more than happy to read your submission on the show. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, and uh, episode three, so the second part of this episode, uh, will air sometime probably next month, I want to say. All right, so that's it. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for taking the time, and I hope this helped in any small way. <laughs> Thank you so much, and please tune in again for our next episode. I do believe it is a... Uh, you know what? I don't know what's up next, so I'm not going to say it here. It could be Yuri on Ice. could be Pax. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, anyways, tune in again next time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And, um, yeah, until next time, happy listening. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.